Jewish audio on Kabbalah.org. The uh, second chapter for Monday, chapter 26, verse 12. This is the chapter of the declaration of the tithes and the various agricultural gifts of the Jew. And by way of introduction, yesterday's portion began speaking of, and it shall come to pass when you enter into the land that God your God will be giving you. You have to give the first fruits, and he goes on one mitzvah after the other. And now he talks about kishale, when you will have completed laser tithing, eskol ma'asar tuoscha, all the tithes of your produce, when is that? Bashono hashlishis. In the third year, the third year is called, <coughs> excuse me, Shnas Hamaser. The year of the special tithe. Vinosato, and you will have given, La Levi to the Levi, La Ger to the stranger, La Yosem to the orphan, Vilo Amono and to the widow, Viochlu Vishorecho, and they will eat in your gates, Visaveyu, and they will be satisfied. So let's explain what's going on here. The agricultural cycle of a Jew in Israel goes by sets of seven years. Within the seven years, you have the first three years, you have the second three years, and then you have the seventh year, the sabbatical year. In the sabbatical year, everything stops. There's no planting. There's no harvesting. There's no agricultural activity. Everything is open to everyone. Consequently, you don't really have seven years. You have six years. The six years are divided into two sets of three. So we have the first three years, and then the first three years repeat themselves with the second three years. So let's look at the first three years, and then it mirrors itself in the second three years. The first three years, you have all of the annual obligations, which is Bikurim, the first fruits, and Truma, the 2% gift to the Kohen, and the Miser, the tithing to the Levi, all of those are regular gifts. The third year, there is a... The, Going back to the first two years, there's an additional tithe. What is this additional tithe? The additional tithe is called Maser Sheni, the second tithe. What is the second tithe? It's an additional 10%, which the farmer has to take the produce or the money which was exchanged for the produce so that the produce shouldn't go bad, take it to Jerusalem and spend it there on food and edible stuff that grows from the ground. Gather together friends and family, bring some poor people to his hotel, eat it, and that is called Maiser Sheni. Consequently, the second tithe or Maiser Sheni, meaning the farmer traveling to Jerusalem and consuming this money in Jerusalem, contributing to the economy of Jerusalem, learning Torah and basking in the spirituality of Jerusalem, this takes place in year one and year two, as well as in its mirror set, year four and year five. 
What happens in year three? That second tithe, Maeser is suspended. And instead, it is replaced with Maser Oni, with a special tithe to the poor, to give the poor people an extra jolt of income. And that is the third year, repeated again in the sixth year. Now, a person doesn't really have to take his tithes to Jerusalem every year. Sometimes he can save it up and make this trip to Jerusalem later. But there is a cutoff date. And here we talk about the cutoff date. Let's look at Rashi now. When you will make an end to the tithing of all the tithe of your income in the third year, says Rashi, this means, When you will complete the setting apart of the tithings of the third year, what does the Torah say? There's a cutoff date. The Torah fixes the time when we have to make sure that we have paid all of our tithes. And the declaration where a Jew stands up and says, I have done so, now bless me. When is this? The day before Pesach of the fourth year. Let me give you an example. You have now, we're in the year 2009, for example. When will we pay the, when will the income tax be due in the United States for the year 2009? April 2010. So that the year 2009 has to come to an end and we have to meet with our accountant. And by April 15th, we have to file our tax return. Similarly speaking, the cutoff date is at the end of the third year, but you have till Pesach, till April of the fourth year, to actually pay the tax, pay the tithe. Shenemar, as it says, at the end of three years, you shall bring forth all of your tithes that have been sitting in your tithe account. Now, how do we know that this is the day before Pesach of the fourth year? Maybe it's another day. Maybe it's April 15th. Nemarkan Mikates, here the Torah uses the expression Mikates at the end, And in conjunction with the mitzvah of Hakel, it says Mikates Shevashonim at the end of seven years, Linyan Hakel, Malahalon Regel. So number one we know, just as there with the Hakel, Hakel, when every Jewish man, woman, and child has to come together once every seven years, it's on a holiday. Afkan Regel, so also here, the cutoff date for the declaration and the final payment would be the holiday. In that case, if you're learning from there, perhaps just as there the holiday was Chag HaSukkot, the festival of Sukkot. Afkan, perhaps here also, you should say that it's the Sukkot festival. Talmud Lomar, no. When you finish your tithing, the tithes of the third year. Regel Shamaisris Kolin Bay. What is the festival? When the tithe season comes to an end, Zehu Pesach, it's Pesach. Why? Because Sukkot is the time of the harvest, but not everything is ripe on Sukkot. Shahar Yashinul Kotan Achar There are trees 
which are picked after Sukkot. So in fact, everything is done, done, done by spring. Nimsu Maisa Shel So in fact, the obligations of tithing of the third year, meaning the third Hebrew year, Kolin would not be finished by Pesach Shorabias, because you don't necessarily pick all the fruit of the third year by Sukkot. So the cutoff date is a holiday. What's the holiday after Sukkot? Pesach, Erev Pesach. Anyone, you see, it's better to bring your tithe to Jerusalem every year. A Jew had to go to Jerusalem three times a year. But anybody who for some reason didn't, it's of the Torah mandates, Levarim and Abayas, now is the time. You have to take all of the charitable obligations, get it out of the house, and pay up. The year of tithing. Why is this called the year of tithing? Here we are in year three. This would refer to the year in which we only observe one of the two tithings of year one and year two. Because the first year of the sabbatical set of seven, there is the first tithe, which is 10% to the levy. As it says, when you will take from the children of Israel the tithe, that is the 10% that goes to the levy. Incidentally, that is the entire source of income of a levy. A levy lives from that 10%. As it says, I'm sorry, and then you have the second tithe, which is also the obligation of the first year and the second year. As it says, You shall eat before God your God. What does that mean? Jerusalem. Of your grains, your wines, and your oils. So we have two tithes. The tithe of the Levi and the tithe of Jerusalem. The Torah comes and teaches you here. In the third year, that of those two of the first two years, there's only one. Which one is that? It's the first tithe. Only the Levites' tithe of the first two tithes is conducted then. But in the place of the second tithe, he should give a special tithe of the third and sixth year, which goes to the poor to help the poor catch up. Shanamad, as it says, Khan here Vinasato La Levi, give to the Levi. Ace Asher Lay, whatever comes to him, Haremai Surishan, that's the first tithe. La Gare La Yosimbalmona to the stranger, the widow the orphan and the widows at my sir Oni. These are the people who are poor and financially challenged. They should eat in your gates with Saveyu and be satiated. Ten Lahan Kiday Sovin. You can't just give them one grape. You have to give them something of substance. When a poor man comes to the threshing floor, you should not give him less than a half of a cob of wheat. I think I read that it's like the volume of eight eggs. I think. Okay, so that's verse 12. Interesting Balaturim, verse 12. If you look at the words, Tichale, Laser, Ace, Kol, Masar, the first letter of every word has the numerical value of Bechag Shel Pesach, the festival of Pesach. Verse 
13, you shall declare before God your God. This is the declaration that every Jew makes. Erev Pesach of the fourth year. What does he say? He says, Hashem, Rabbeinu Shalom, Biarti HaKadosh Min Anything sacred, I have removed it from the house. I have no more charitable obligations sitting in my house. Not only have I removed it from my house and put it on the porch, but Vigam Nesativ, I've paid, I've given it. La Levi, whatever goes to the Levi, I've given to the Levi. Whatever has to go to the convert, stranger, orphan, widow, I've given to them, which is the first tithe and the poor man's tithe. I meticulously followed all of your commandments, which you commanded me. I have not crossed, transgressed any of your commandments, nor have I forgotten. Or I never, I didn't come up with any other excuses, like my dog ate it. No excuses. I did it. That's the declaration that a Jew makes before Hashem. You shall declare before Hashem your God. You have to make a statement, a declaration, a confession. That you have paid your tithes. Biarti hakedesh min abayis. What's kodesh? What's holy? Zemaiser sheni. That's the second tithe. Veneta revoya. There's another charitable gift, and that is the produce of a tree of the fourth year. We say that when somebody plants a tree, the first three years he can't touch the fruit. That's called orla. The fourth year, you take the entire produce and bring it to Jerusalem. It's similar to Meiser sheni. Really, Medcha this teaches you. For whatever reason, somebody held on to his second tithes of year one and year two. And again, how could it be that you hold food for so long? Because you exchange it for money. And he didn't bring it to Jerusalem. This is the cutoff. Erev Pesach of the fourth year. The first tithe. That's what goes to the levy. Vigam is that which goes to the Kohen. L'rabas truma, ubikurin, which goes to the Kohen. L'ager le'yosav amonaz amaiserani, that goes to the poor. Kechol mitzvoscha, a Jew also has to declare, I followed the order of the tithes. In the satin kesidram, I gave the charity that I was supposed to give in the right order. L'higdamti truma le'bikurim, I didn't give the Kohen's gift of truma before the first fruits. I didn't give the Levi before the Kohen. I didn't give the second tithe, which is taken to Jerusalem before the first tithe that goes to the Levi. Because truma is called dog, And once it becomes a grain, it's the first gift. Your first fruits and your truma you shall not delay. You have to follow the right order prescribed in the Torah. I didn't transgress any details. I didn't take from one species and pay my obligation for another species. I didn't take up the new crop and pay my obligation for the old crop, and so on. I also extended my blessing to you, Hashem. Because there's a bracha that we make when we set aside the various tithes. So I fulfilled all of my obligation 
is that which the declaration which the Jew makes in Jerusalem, Erev Pesach, the fourth year. Verse 14, The declaration also includes the following statement, that I didn't eat of any of this when I was in a state of mourning, and Onan is a state of serious mourning. I didn't put away any of it when I was in a state of defilement, because then it should not have been brought into Jerusalem. I didn't use any of these funds for anything related to funeral expenses, related to death, because that would be impure. Shamati, I have followed, I've listened, to the voice of God my God. Osisi, I have done, everything you commanded me. From here we see that an onan, a, a mourner at the most serious stage of his mourning, may not eat of this food. Whether I was impure and the food was pure, or I am pure and the food was impure. Where does it talk about that? You cannot eat in your gates. Referring to eating when in a state of impurity. Regular food you can eat in a state of impurity as well. But this is holy food. I didn't make a coffin. I didn't make shrouds out of this money. I brought it to the base. I did everything you commanded me. What was it that you commanded me in addition to all that was already mentioned? Very important mitzvah, Rashi says. I rejoiced. When a Jew gives tzedakah, he has to do so joyously. I rejoiced, and I brought joy to others. That is the whole idea of this, is that we have to have joy, and we have to bring joy to others. And now we finish with offering a prayer to Hashem. Hashkifa, gaze down, mim'ein kochecha, from your holy habitation, min from heaven, we say to Hashem, look down at us from your condominium in the sky, ovorech and bless, es amcha, your people, es Yisrael, Israel, v'eso adomo, and the land, that you've given us, the land of Israel, Eretz Yisrael. And by the way, our sages say that the word hashkifo, Wherever it says Hashkifa, Vayashkep, that God gazed, it's not good. It usually doesn't talk about good stuff. God gazes and He punishes. It's never good. Why would we use the expression Hashkifa when we're asking God for blessing? The answer is a very important lesson. Because here we're saying to Hashem, I want you to gaze down upon us. We have given tzedakah, we have given charity meticulously, we followed every rule. Therefore, in the merit of the tzedakah, even negative stuff should now be transformed and flipped to good stuff. And that's why we use the negative term here. Hashem, we gave tzedakah, make anything negative positive because of my tzedakah. That's the power of tzedakah. And that's the theme 
of many of the letters of the Alter Rebbe in the section of letters in Tanya, which we study. So again, Hashkifa gaze down, Mimon Kotchecha, from your holy dwelling, Minashamayim, from heaven, Uvorech, and extend blessing as Amcha to your people as Yisrael, Israel, Beis Adom, and the land, which you've given us, exactly as you have sworn to our forefathers. Hashem swore again and again to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that he will bless the land that he gave us, Eretz Yisrael, that it will be Eretz, a land, Zovas, which flows, Chalav Udvash, with milk and honey. It will be a land of bounty, a land of plenty. So bless the economy in Eretz Yisrael. Hashkifa mimein kochecha. Asis, asinu alinu. We have done, Hashem, what you decreed upon us to do. Aseyato, now you should do. Masha'olech, alas, is what you have to do. Shamarta, because remember you said in the beginning of the sections of the blessings in Vayikra and Leviticus, im that if you will study my Torah and keep my mitzvahs and follow my statutes, then v'nasati gishmechem bi'itam, I will give your rain in its time. And there won't be drought and there won't be famine. And in a broader sense, the commentaries say that Gishmechem does not only mean rain, but it means Gashmiut. I will give you your material needs in its time. So when a Jew says, I did its Daka, now you give me my material needs. Asher lonu, which you've given us. as you swore to our forefathers. Loses lonu, to give to us. Vikiyamto, and you had fulfilled this by giving us Eretz. Zovas Cholobudvash, a land which flows with milk and honey. Okay. This is the end of today's Chumash portion.